0: Episode four hundred and forty seven. Are you a financially prepared father? Jay Gabrani. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book. Awaken Your Alpha. Tales and tactics to thrive. And it is my mission to share you the real stories, the useful stuff, the juicy stuff and the reality of what it takes to thrive. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx Talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Get to the podcast. Okay, enjoy the show. This week is a crucial episode for all the fathers and all the people in the world need to listen to this one. We have Jay Gabrani on the line, and he is the founder of Prepared Fathers. And the mission there is to empower fathers financially so they have the confidence to secure their fi- family's financial future. It's really important. Many fathers are responsible for their finances, yet they were never trained. And I know there's lots of you listening today. I'm one of them. <laughs> so he's going to be here to give us you know, loads of knowledge. He's background in real estate, investing. You know, there's lots we can jump into here. But firstly, Jay, are you ready to awaken your alpha?
1: I most certainly am. Let's get to it, Adam.
0: So that was a very brief introduction bio. I focused on your superpower and how you help people. Is there anything you'd like to add or highlight to your bio? What are you all about at the moment?
1: Yes. uh, What you said is helping other fathers. That's what it's all about. Because I just know that if I can help other fathers kind of empower themselves financially, they can help their children. And that type of mission, it starts affecting generations. So we'll dig in a little bit more, but I just want the audience to understand that it's not only for yourself. This is something I hope that you pass on to your children.
0: And one touching your origins, you told me just before the interview you're speaking to us from Toronto today. Where are you originally from? How do you you briefly get from
1: A to B? Okay, so basically born and raised in Toronto, whole life here. Uh, took a quick trip to uh, a family trip when I was a teenager. India. And there I was exposed to my grandfather's business. My parents were here working as new immigrants. And that was my first exposure to business, Adam. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that from that trip, I came back home, I told my parents, I'll never work for anyone after 25. And they said, whatever, get an education. I did that I became a professional accountant. But literally the day before my 25th birthday, I left Pricewaterhouse. And I've been on my own ever since. So that gives the audience kind of an idea of kind of what I'm about I'm an independent guy and I've been on my own added real estate investing on the family side uh three young children and uh basically love them very much and everything I do is certainly as a father so for the fathers in the audience I know exactly what you go through I've been there I love this you know how
0: specific you were about you know past 25 I won't work for someone because again you know, being realistic it's you, you've got to earn you've got to earn your chops you've got to do do things and get the tools and you know and get the finances in position to then you know 25 is still very young but you know i think a yes. lot of people are just like can jump straight into that and that can work but i like you know build a solid foundation and you seem very financially smart which would make sense bearing in mind mm-hmm. what we're talking about so you, you touched on it there but that, that trip and obviously what you saw but who helped awaken your almost like your entrepreneurial, your financial alpha, whether it was someone from afar that you aspired that actually you would like to, to be like them or that someone just said the right thing at the right time when you were maybe going
1: through you know, a, a rough patch or a struggle? Okay, great question. So it was actually the time I was entering university. Like I said, my parents are the ones who asked me to get an education. I wanted to start business right away. Yeah. So I started in accounting and one of the good benefits of where I went to school, University of Waterloo, you get co-op. So I was actually at 19 and 20 years old working in accounting firms. So I heard Tony Robbins say once, look at the people who are 10, 15, 20 years older than you doing what you were doing mm-hmm. and ask yourself, do you want that? And I quickly realized, Adam, there was no chance I wanted what those folks were going through. Nice people, but, you know, lots and lots of issues, overwork, exhausted all the time. Yeah. I didn't want that. That was the one spur thing. And the second one is the first day my first child was born. Uh, whatever happened on that day when I held him, my son Jaden, in August 2005, uh, that was another awakening of Alpha, because then uh, that whole thing that we talk about, desire, the desire to be a millionaire, the desire to be financially successful, to secure my family's financial future, for whatever whatever reason, the day I held him, that bolt kind of entered my body. So that was definitely a second one. Awesome.
0: So let's start the, you know, the fundamentals when it comes to be, you know, getting your finances in order. And some are obviously thinking, I really need to sort myself out. Others think, I think I'm okay. Well, I, yes. What do I need? Do I need to sort my finances out? You know, that starting point where, you know, so maybe some questions that the listeners could ask themselves and some of sure. the key things to get right and some of the key and common mistakes people make. You know, sure. sure.
1: So basically, we have a process at Prepared Fathers and it's kind of the short form is called the CAP formula, C-A-P. The C stands for Conversations. Have you, as a father, had the important conversations with your key stakeholders, namely your spouse, an executive of an state, your parents, maybe if you're older, some adult children? These are all important people, siblings, possibly. These are all important people when it comes to putting together you know your financial preparation plan. Other people call it an estate plan. But in order to have all your ducks in a row, all your affairs in order, you have to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. The A stands for assets. Are you in the process of building your assets, right? Because those assets are what will ultimately secure your family's financial future, whether it be in real estate, in stocks, in your own business, bonds, et cetera. It is, do you have a plan in place for building those assets consistently year after year? If you're younger, I think it's more important to have the plan. Maybe you haven't had enough time yet and earned enough money yet. Uh, If you're older, it's really important to have the plan. The closer you get to this so-called thing that people call retirement. So your assets is important. And third, this is one I find that a lot of people lack. The P is for paperwork. You just gotta have your stuff in order, all right? Like there's a lot of fathers that I talk to in our daily work. Uh, Let's say they have some of their stuff in an offline file. They have some stuff on their phone. Something's in a Dropbox folder. It's all over the place. Yeah. And unfortunately, if something happens to you, that's not any good to anybody it needs to be organized thoughtfully in one place, whether it's online, whether it's offline, and then it ties into the conversation piece. The people around you need to know about it. So that's kind of important. Those are the three areas that if you want to get started and kind of get yourself financially prepared, those are three great areas to kind of start with. What do you think is
0: the number one enemy to securing your family's financial future?
1: Yeah. You know, it's so like, to me, it's so blatantly obvious, but to the audience it might not be. And that is their own lack of awareness, Mm. plain and simple. And I'm like, we just, for whatever reason, right, as guys, a lot of the, you know, the old macho, you know, we we can handle things. We don't ask for directions. Well, we don't ask for help with our finances a lot of the time. Yet you said it earlier in the intro, there's many fathers who are just kind of, they inherit the role of being responsible for finances just because that's the way maybe their family did it or their wife's family did it yet. They weren't trained in any of it, none of it yet. We live in a first world country right below oxygen. You need money. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we weren't educated on it and then fathers have this kind of, there's just a lack of awareness of the importance. This is important to every father out there, right? Because we all, we all need to manage this stuff. So it's their own lack of awareness. The fact that they're listening to this episode, if they take some action, now we're at least taking steps. We're moving forward. That's what I encourage fathers to do.
0: Awesome. And obviously, because we're talking about fathers, what you talk about in some of your information, you know, about three key skills that we need to teach our children. You just run us over, yeah,
1: run us over a few of them. Sure. So my children were born 2005, 2007, 2009. Okay, so I have basically made it a standing thing where, I teach them again. My whole background is as an entrepreneur and a real estate investor. The real estate investor stuff happened after my first child was born. That whole desire, that desire, led me towards real estate. I built a portfolio there. But they have grown up watching. All of our properties are within a three-minute drive of where we live. Oh, so, I pick so them cool! Up I love that. Yeah, I, it's focused, right? It's yeah. just, and it's a competitive advantage. If you're going to invest in something, any asset class. I'm a big believer in you basically do so much research, you know it so well, small focused area, it gives you a competitive advantage. And that's what I've grown up, or my kids have grown up watching. I pick them up from school, we drive by the property. I'm constantly talking to them about that. But now you specifically asked about the three skills. Mm -hmm. All right. So I have the saying with my children skills pay the bills. All right. (laughs) It's the the skills you have is what ultimately will fund whatever lifestyle you're going to want and that you're going to desire. So the three things that I teach them, Adam, are um, marketing skills. Very important. Whether you are going to work for somebody else, whether you are doing your own business, you need to know how to market yourself. Very important. The second one is sales skills. And part of sales skills is just knowing negotiating, right, and understanding the process where people will have objections. If you can answer it intelligently to your ideal audience, then people want to do work with you. And business the whole idea of business is you're solving some problem. I teach my kids if you can solve that problem and you know how to market it, you know how to sell it, you will do just great in life. No matter what your passion is, no matter what your interest is, no matter what that business is. And the third skill, so it's sales, marketing, and the third skill is investing. Okay, so the first two are designed to get the money. The third one is designed of what they do when they have money, real yeah. estate investing, stocks, etc. So from a young age they've been learning about this stuff every day.
0: Well, obviously we haven't got time to dig into all of the areas. On this show, we cover sales skills and marketing quite a lot, but investing, yeah. that's something always curious. And I like the fact that you've kind of focused in on, you know, something specific in, in your area. And yeah. when, you was, when you was 25, you started a business. What was that first business you started? In?
1: First business was called Williams Coffee Pub. It was a franchised restaurant cafe. It was 4,000 square feet, had about 150 seats and it was a quick style restaurant. So that's where I learned my, that's where I cut my teeth. I own that for 13 years. Wow. So it was, we served 5,000 people a week. It did over a million dollars a year in sales every year. I had it for 13 years. So yeah, that's where I learned. If you're face to face and you gotta do face to face business every day, you have to be prepared i was right? very tempted to say that's a proper business but obviously there's all different types of businesses but
0: in people's minds that's where you think right that is that you know everyone can get your head around that that you know you've got bums on seats you're serving them saying there's a clear transaction that's right ah, very, very and remember cool.
1: this was back in 19 i turned the day before i turned 25 was in 1996 there was no internet yet there were no mm. smartphones yet so at that time if you wanted to do a business it was all offline businesses yeah well the beauty of it now is is that you know with the internet and smartphones, the audience, myself, we all have access now to online business. So the world has changed completely. And I'm under 50 and I've seen this whole thing. So it's like, people should understand they're in a time of amazing opportunity right now.
0: 13 years on that, and then you sort of, sounds like you've transitioned more and more into sort of the financials and investing, and you That's talked right. about focusing very close to home. Yes. What were some of you, maybe your less wise investments or things didn't pay off? and? You know, talk to us about applying that in terms of someone who's thinking, you know, where should I be investing? I know it's a very, very individual
1: thing though. Okay. So first child born 2005, I decided real estate investing was going to be the asset class I focus on. Uh, I joined a couple of networking organizations. The education I was receiving from them showed me that there was a really big opportunity in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Okay. I live in Toronto, about four or five hours away. I started investing there. And I started investing right in 2007, right before the credit crisis, things that I was buying at 275,000 Adam within, I thought it was overnight, but literally like maybe within six months fell below 200,000. So I bombed like immediately my first ever investment, my wife's looking at me like what in the world is going on? What are you doing? Right? So there's a lot of fathers out there who I was the economic spouse. All right. I was one responsible for bringing in the money, Real estate and entrepreneurship. My wife took care of everything inside and the kids, and that was a lot of pressure. So I had to rejig it. That's where I switched focus to my local area, and I said, I am going to develop this expertise in this area. I will know it better than everyone else. Yeah. And that is how I ultimately learned it. So the first bump was my first experience ever in real estate. And when estate. you talk about a bump, I want to talk about the mindset of almost like
0: it's up for some people it's you know hard to get over when you've had your fingers burnt you know, and quite early on, was right. there, you know, how was it to then just keep going? Do you have faith in obviously the long-term strategy and especially with, we're talking about fathers here and the yeah. spouse, uh, cause I had a shocker in real estate investing that my <laughs> wife always brings up as a reason to not do X again, kind of thing. I understand. Um, how did you handle that? And
1: was that an issue? Well, my wife did look at me like really funny, like what's going on here? Uh, My parents looked at me like, what are you doing? You have young children. What's going on? But in my mind, Adam, like I had made that decision and I looked at the role models. I looked at the people who already had success. I had talked to so many of them by the networking events. And the advice I got back was real estate is how 90% of millionaires become millionaires. So I still believed in the strategy. Yeah. Okay. Or the asset class. I just had to rejig Not even the strategy. The strategy was a buy and hold strategy. Very simple. It was just rejig the location. From four hours away where I couldn't see everything, property management companies, now three minutes away. That was it. And, of course, you know, there's some economic factors that went into that. The credit crisis was over. We started recovering. I started buying in my local area in 2009, 10, and 11. And, uh, by the way, I was on the verge of bankruptcy. I didn't have any money left to do the Oakville investing. I brought in joint venture money. I was oh, well, this is the,
0: please touch on this because obviously a yes. lot of people think that's great when you've got money to invest, but you know, right. there's a lot of people listening saying, I, I want to get involved in this and they feel like that the money or lack of it is a huge barrier. So talk to us about that and obviously from a great perspective there that you just mentioned.
1: Um, I, I have a saying that I teach my kids. It's not about having the resources. It's about being resourceful, okay? So yes, in order to get money, or sorry, in order to get into real estate, you pretty well need money, regardless of yeah. all these no money down whatever. like, look, simple. put in 20 percent, 25 percent, get a mortgage for the rest, buy and hold for the long- term, rent it out. Very simple. But yeah, you need money. I was out of money. I couldn't even go qualify for a mortgage because the credit crisis had hurt yeah. my business, it had hurt my credit, etc. So I had to bring in other people. Partner with people who are unique where you are weak. So I needed to partner with people who wanted to invest in real estate, but they lacked the time and the expertise but they had money and can go on mortgages. I couldn't go on mortgages and had, and I didn't have any money, but I had the time and I had developed expertise because I want to encourage people. Even if you have bad experience, that's a lot better than no experience. Yeah. So when people, when you want to redo it, you actually know what not to do this time. So you learn from your mistakes. I think mistakes are massive value. Um, unlike other folks who may say mistake is the reason to stop doing it again. No, learn from your mistakes, that's what I did. Learned, switched strategy, still talked to mentors, still educated myself, still networking, even though I was at the depths of despair financially, right? even though there was a very stressful situation. Well, this ties back in as well to
0: the skills you mentioned in terms of sales, marketing, to to sell your idea, to get someone on board. Talk to us about that.
1: You know what, I can kind of show you if I have it here, Basically, way, way back, what I did was I created a binder, all right? The Oakville Real Estate Project. In this binder, Adam, is basically all of the information I was gathering about this specific area. It showed the map where we were going to invest. It showed property prices. It showed tenant profiles, everything. So I went to these meetings with potential people who had money, who could go on mortgages, and I was prepared. Yeah. All right, so let's just say I knew my area better than anyone else. That is what gave me an advantage. How did you even set up these, these meetings? Because that's obviously stage one. Got it. Um, you know what, now we're talking about network. I didn't advertise for these. These are what we'll call level one contacts. Mm-hmm. These are the people who I know who know me. Uh, university buddies, yep. uh, Work. some previous work colleagues, business colleagues, etc. Yeah. Everyone has a network. And even if you don't have a network of successful people, you can join networks of successful people and start hanging out with them. So that's where that came from. And again, uh, the conversations were very simple. It was like, this is what I'm doing. And almost always, it would be them who would ask me questions. That indicates their interest, right? Not, you know, do you want to do this? Do you want to do No, it was a lot of times I just talk about what I'm doing. And people get interested because they want to do that too. Mm -hmm. That's really the key to it. That's how you set it up. So very important. Okay. Awesome. And obviously
0: we're on this topic and you know, I want to dig into all the you know, relevant angles. And one sure. of the things you talk about is how to make money with your money. And I know that's what, kind of what we're talking about now. We're talking actually about how to make money with very little money. Uh, yes. but is there anything else that you feel has been left
1: unsaid so far that you think is relevant? Sure. Just I want, I want the people to understand when you have money, you can invest it. Look, we only have time or money. All right. Most people are too busy to invest time in something. So they want to invest money. They built up some money. Just understand the difference between an active investment and a passive investment. All right. So when you want money to make money, uh, or you want your money to make money, you must invest in something passive. It doesn't take a lot of your time versus active. Uh, like in real estate, doing a flip is an active <laughs> <Yeah>. business. <laughs> doing a buy idea. and hold, doing a buy and hold upfront, maybe a little bit of work, but then really ongoing, not much. Uh, a business super active if you're working in the business, but if you are one of the investors of a business and you don't have the day to day involvement, that's a difference, right? So you, you, that's passive. So I just encourage people, if you have money, select passive. So we've talked about two examples. You could do private mortgage lending where you just lend money to someone else and you secure yourself on a mortgage. You earn interest. You could do selling put options or selling call options, a little bit more advanced topic, but, these are all passive ways that if you have money, dig into one, right? Develop some expertise, build yourself an advantage. The formula is the same. Build yourself an advantage and then take your steps. Start, it, start small and scale in. And you will develop confidence in that area. And that's what we want as fathers. I want fathers to, I want fathers to understand no one's going to take better care of your family's money than you. All right? At the end of the day, it's just not going to happen. right? So there's a big industry out there called the advisory industry. They are programmed to take your money and keep your money. <laughs> They're not programmed to make yeah. you money. So let's hope people understand that. I know this is going to be very individual and specific to you, but yeah.
0: based on all the experience we've talked about, what personally for you is kind of your favorite way to make money? Or we talked about passive, active. And I know you've got your... Them stuff in the local area. What yeah. is one of the favorite ways for you now in your position, which again, it's not going to be relevant to a lot of people, but sure. to
1: um, look after your finances now or generate finances for you? Okay. So on the passive side, yes. I mean, like some of that real estate portfolio that I had built up that had performed very well over the past like decade, um, I, I just come off a sabbatical. All right. So 2014 to 2018, I was on sabbatical. And I financially supported myself because I sold a couple pieces of real estate. Mm-hmm. So I needed to figure out, all right, I have this nice chunk of money now sitting in my bank account. I don't want to just spend it. Yeah. I want to learn how to use it to create passive income for myself. So the two asset classes I already spoke about, I, I used private mortgage lending where again, I didn't own the property. This time I was lending on the property, short terms, high interest rates, private it's not a conventional bank interest rate it's much higher uh and i had security because i was on title of the property i was like just like a bank i was the bank
0: okay i would be, be curious that sounds like you know obviously if you're in that position where you've got a, a chunk of yes. money it sounds like a great one but again how do you find them opportunities and obviously that's you know that sounds like something that's, there's a real need for and it yes. works for both
1: parties but it's just connecting the dots almost uh mortgage bro, uh, mortgage brokers and loan officers in the local area all right so <laughs> And just to maintain that competitive advantage idea, I started investing here in Oakville. I, do, I only do my lending here in Oakville as well. Mm-hmm. I know the area. I know the property types. So that mitigates my risk. I'm all about mitigate your risk and then invest, right? And the the way, the best way you can mitigate risk, Adam, is research. You yeah. do your research ahead of time. Do as much as you can before you actually have to step into the game because then you're more confident. You have the right strategy. It's like a, even a sport, right? Like They do a lot of planning and practice, and preparing before they actually play the game. Yeah. Same thing here when you're investing your family's money. We're pretty
0: much to the alpha round here now. So I like to start off with, is there a particular favorite quote or one that really sums up your approach to life? doesn't have to be financial, but it's just something that inspires you.
1: Yes. um, I think it's by Goathe. Boldness has genius, magic, and power in it. Or whatever you do or dare to do, begin it. Boldness has genius, magic, and power in it. I've loved that quote for probably since I became a father. And um, anytime you feel yourself getting stuck in your head, that's the quote I use. And I will give you a financial one. Um, Perfect. Perfect. How well you retire, or sorry, how hard you work has nothing to do with how well you're going to retire. We work to save money. We take that money to invest it. Where you put that money, how you invest it will ultimately determine your retirement powerful stuff not how hard you work in it yeah. doesn't happen is
0: there a particular book that was very impactful for you or one you like to recommend and if the, the if that book is not financial i would then like to ask for another book that is financial
1: got it well it's it is back there right on my shelf right here the one that i have paid my children to read okay i've paid them oh, 100 dollars to read is Think and grow rich oh yeah John hill
0: The most recommended book in over 350 episodes, quality. It is,
1: right? Again, you just talked with other people. Everyone who's anyone has read that book. So if you have a mindset issue, if you just don't know about this world, please just get that book and that will change. So all my children have read it and we get them started early. The non-financial book is The Magic of Thinking Big by Dr. David Schwartz. Uh, I read that book probably about 20 years ago, changed my life. Uh, I highly encourage people to read it. another classic. Around all the sort of the subject we've been talking about,
0: obviously financials and investing, is there yes. any particular resource that you think is really helpful in, in all anything you do? And maybe it's not widely known or it might be, if it is
1: widely known, it's maybe it's not used in the way you use it. Okay. Now any asset class I want to learn about, I really strive very hard to find people who do independent research I don't want them to give me a recommendation like to buy a stock or to buy a piece of real estate where they make money off of it in the back I want to pay them directly for research this way I know they're independent so if for fathers who want to basically learn about stock market investing the whole gamut of it selling put options buying and, buy and hold stocks I want I encourage them to read Stansbury Research, S-T-A-N-S, B-E-R-R-Y research. They have enormous amounts of financial research newsletters that they offer for free. Wow. They also you, have we've
0: put that in the show notes as well. We put all the Please these do.
1: Please do. That's where I started learning uh, about this stuff about in 2014, when I started really taking it seriously about wanting to learn about the stock market mm-hmm. after having learned about real estate investing. That's who I turn to. They also have paid newsletters where they will give you a pick. Like they'll give you stock picks, but they don't make money whether you buy that stock or not. They're just, they're there to give you research. So I believe that research, remember, that's what reduces risk. You Mm -hmm. just know a lot more than other people investing in stocks. That's the best resource I have.
0: And from your network, who do you think would make a great interview for the Awakening Your podcast? Having gone through this interview yourself now, you think actually they would offer a lot of value They're a really good fit.
1: Anyone spring to mind? Well, my real estate mentor is definitely the one that springs to mind immediately. He's changed thousands and thousands of lives, including mine, by being supportive. His name is Don Campbell. He's kind of very well known in Canada as the leading real estate educator in this country. And his book is called Real Estate Investing in Canada. Uh Ah, Again, I I
0: like being specific. I like
1: that. It was wonderful because it was the first book, basically, I picked up after my son was born, when it came to real estate investing. It was the first book and it's been the best book that I've read about real estate investing.
0: In and all. if people wanna hear more of you and continue this conversation, what's the best way to connect with you?
1: Well, I mean, I, uh, the website is very simple, www.preparedfathers.com. Uh, they can listen to my, I have a short one-minute podcast called The Minute with Jay. They can find that on all their on their podcast distribution networks and hopefully find a lot of value. Thanks, Jay. It's been an absolute pleasure today. Crucial episode. Yes, very important. Thanks. It was great being with you. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, dragging down the finest alpha
0: minds on the planet for you. Please do subscribe, to reach out, connect, pick up a copy of Awaken Your Alpha, thousand tactics to thrive available on Amazon. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that, so head over to talkxcelerator.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might wanna do it, all the information around it, And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen.
1: Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.